Hi, Dad. Hi, Celine. Did you know that you and I are about the same age if you count time living in the world? What do you mean? Well, as you know, I left a high-control religious group around the time you were born. So you're in your 20s then? <laughs> well, maybe in my head. The thing is, though, because I had all of my beliefs about morals, science, politics, religion, philosophy provided for me, I spent the last 25 years trying to work out what I should think about a whole bunch of stuff and work out what's going on. No one knows what's going on, Dad. <laughs> well, I think it's about time we did. What Should I Think About is a podcast that sets off on a lofty goal to make sense of the complicated, contradictory, confusing but wonderful thing we call the world. Hello and welcome to the What Should I Think About podcast. I'm Celine. And I'm Stephen. And today we're talking about self-help. Self-help, yes. Mm-hmm. Self-help books, self-help programs, uh, self-help YouTube videos, I suppose. All, all of it, really. All of it. Not exclusionary. Mm. Okay, so how do we start this uh, this conversation? There's a lot to get to, isn't there? Well, you said you've been doing some research. Mm. Why don't you take us on a research bit first? I suppose we're, we need to define what it is, don't we? What is sure. it, What are we talking about here when we talk mm-hmm. about self-help? Mm. Um, it's quite vague, I suppose, isn't mm. it? And wide, sprawling. Uh, yeah. I guess to me it's like, yeah how to make yourself better stuff yeah in some some area or Mm -hmm. in all areas of life i suppose so you get some self-help that is you know to improve your i don't know help you speak french or help you be a better cook or um, Mm -hmm. something like that stuff like skillshare is self-help i guess it is really yeah and then you've got other self-help which is more about you know big subjects i suppose being happy and um, being Mm -hmm. successful and so on Mm -hmm. so i think there's there's a big range um uh, i I suppose you know in keeping with the the general or the the model that we often use on this podcast is that um to reflect upon what i used to think about self-help so um as a jehovah's witness and i think this applies to lots of kind of high control groups you are Mm -hmm. very much um warned against anything that smacks of self-help so Mm. you are definitely encouraged not to read self-help books not so much how to learn a language or how to be a better cook but more around things like you know how to be more successful or you know the famous books around how to influence people and all that sort of stuff is considered worldly wisdom Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't have anything to do with worldly wisdom because do you it's remember having a talk about worldly. that, or, or was uh, it just well, it was general just knowledge? Regular, it was regular, especially from the Watchtower. You know, beware of worldly wisdom um, mm. because worldly wisdom is not God's wisdom. You know, God's wisdom is greater than man's wisdom. Um, so yeah, there's a real suspicion about worldly wisdom coming from these self-help books, uh, which was basically what it was at the time. So yeah, it didn't really have anything to do with that that side of things at all. You know, if you didn't know how to, I don't know, present yourself properly, you went to the watchtower. If you wanted to know how to be happy, you went to the watchtower. If you wanted to know how to find a um, a partner, or as we were saying in a recent interview, a mate, um, you would go to the Young People Ask book, or you know. So really, the 
the advice came from uh, Watchtower Awakes, Young People Ask, um, and you know various other magazine articles and and publications, I suppose. Mm. Family life, but we've talked about that before. You know how to be a successful family, how to be a husband, how to be a wife. Um, mm. Yeah, it was all from the society. There was no looking outside of that. No. Um, so that yeah, that's the way that Jehovah's Witnesses tend to see self help. Don't, don't, don't do it. Yeah, we'll do yeah. it, but only do it through self help through God's wisdom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, as yeah, as just... interpreted. Um, exclusively through the Watchtower Bible and Track Society, mm-hmm. uh, who produced the books. So yeah, so that was um, that was self help. Um, upon leaving, I suppose I, I was actually quite enamoured with self help. Maybe you got that, into it. I did. Yeah, maybe that again is one of those things that happens when you leave. Um, you know, you think, oh, um, I want to be better at this and I want to be better at that, and you no longer are restricted to the young people ask book or mm-hmm. you know the family book so it's kind of liberating and you've got all these books you can choose from um and i remember buying one when you were a little girl um just a minute i'm going to show you what i mean okay so do you remember this book well i've seen it around but i don't remember it you don't remember <laughs> it because you were like a little baby but mm-hmm. i remember there's a photograph of you quantum learning it's called mm-hmm. unleash the genius within you mm-hmm. by bobby deporter with mike yeah. hernaki um mm-hmm. and i remember we've got a photograph of you and i sort of strategically put this on the floor mm-hmm. next to you where you were playing with your bricks and your other yeah. books mm-hmm. and it looked like you were going to be reading quantum learning so mm-hmm. i suppose i had this ambition that you <laughs> mm. um so I remember reading that book. It was all kind of, I suppose now it's all old hat, really. A lot mm-hmm. of it is debunked, you know, different learning styles and mm-hmm. all of that sort of stuff. Um, I can't remember much about it. But, yeah, I did kind of get into the idea of self-help. I didn't buy lots of the I books. Remember what I think of in terms of self-help for you is the, like, weird diet man book that was, like, hypnotizing you to not eat. <laughs> I can make you thin. Yeah, that's what I think of with self-help and you. (laughs) Yeah, by Paul McKenna. I've actually... um, So I went through my books just before we had this podcast to see see what what I could find. Yeah. Um, Let me just uh, go and get them. Yeah, so um, I Can Make You Thin by Paul McKenna. Um, Unfortunately, he didn't. Mm, No. So that was one. Um, I suppose there's a couple that I quite like. There's one... Oh, uh, there's one here from... The Dalai Lama, um, The Art of Happiness, mm-hmm. A Handbook for Living. So I did start to read this. It, I kind of got halfway through it by the looks of it. Um, mm-hmm. um, this one isn't really, I don't suppose it's a self-help book, but it kind of, it it kind of was. It, it was Lance Armstrong, It's Not About the Bike, My uh-huh. Journey Back to Life. So at the time, this was a really inspirational book lots of people read. Um, yes so now of course yeah we found out afterwards that he was taking drugs to help him win so that that was kind of so no it wasn't all about the bike it was all about the drugs Mm. um so unfortunately and then there's a couple of books i quite like which one is the steve peters book dr steve peters the chimp paradox yeah everyone Uh, started reading that again recently yeah i i actually quite like this book i mean it's you know it is it's kind of a I don't know. It's not real psychology, I would say, but it no, is, it's no. kind of... People keep um, 
I swear I'm going to jump into this already, but um, the people I keep seeing reading that though, the people that are that I know that have since uni got involved in MLMs, and they're like, oh really? And they're like self improvement, be your best you, like, and oh, they're reading gosh. the Chimp Paradox, which is interesting. Mm. Like they've, I'm not saying that the book itself was meant for that, mm. but it's been adopted by mm. the um, some MLM groups, That's and they're like, and they're like getting them to read these things, but through the lens of that. Yeah, well, I think this is one of the the dark sides, I suppose, of um, self help is that, um, yeah, it can, you know, it can be used for good or evil. Some of these things, mm. um, and yeah, I, I, yeah, I can see how that might be adopted or appropriated. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. there's that one as well. I quite liked, which I haven't actually completely read. Um, Matthew Said Black Box Thinking. So I, mm-hmm. I kind of bought that. Um, to help at work actually and um, so I quite I quite like a lot of the ideas around these books what I find actually is that the kernel of the idea is actually very could be could be put in like a chapter mm-hmm. but because they want to sell a book they have to elaborate like on it yeah so it's um there's a lot of waffle in there um mm. but I think there's you know some of them are can be quite interesting and useful but um but yeah there are some there are some dangers associated with it, I think. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe. It's just a click or a tap, but it means that the show gets recognised as something of potential value and interest to others. And it's the main way that we know people care about what we're doing. So if you've not already done so, please click subscribe or follow on whatever podcast app you're using. Thank you. And on with the show. Yeah, because a lot of um, what do you think about the whole then jumping into that MLMs using like they often use our self help stuff, don't they? Mm. Have you noticed that? Right, yeah, like, well, you know, be your own boss. Be a be a boss lady. You can do that. Like you know, it's all very like yeah. you know, choose your own hours. Be the best you. Like mm. you know, don't wait for the universe to give you signs do this for you now you know absolutely i mean this is why on twitter when i mentioned that i was doing my research i said that um i was warming up my bullshit meter mm-hmm. um because this is the problem with the self-help industry it's just dripping in bullshit um there are however some interesting and useful ideas out there i do believe mm-hmm. um but there's also so much that is complete you know, an utter nonsense. Um, I'm going to read you a little bit from the blurb of a book. Now, I have to say I haven't read this book. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe one of our listeners has read it and they will tell me that it's absolutely fantastic. But the book is called The Universe Has Your Back, Transform Fear to Faith by Gabrielle Bernstein. Um, and it's mm. one of the top sellers at the moment it's a, it's in the new york times bestseller uh, list um let's find a bit so oh um each story and lesson in the book guides readers to release the blocks to what they most long for happiness security and clear direction the lessons help readers relinquish the need to control so they can relax into a sense of certainty and freedom readers will learn to stop chasing life and truly live make the shift from fear to faith will give readers a sense of power in a world that all too often makes them feel utterly powerless. 
when the tragedies of the world seem overwhelming, this book will help guide them back to their true power. Gabrielle says, my commitment with this book is to wake up as many people as possible to their connection to faith and joy. In that connection, we can be guided to our true purpose, to be love, to be love and spread love. These words can no longer be cute buzz phrases that we merely post on social media. Rather, these words must be our mission. The happiness, safety and security we long for lies in our commitment to love. When readers follow this path, they'll begin to feel a swell of energy move through them. They will find strength where they are down, synchronicity and support when they're lost, safety in the face of uncertainty and joy when they are otherwise in pain. Follow the secrets revealed in this book to unleash the presence of your power and know always that the universe has your back. So I just read that and think that's a lot of old rubbish, isn't it? Well, it doesn't say anything. <laughs> it, doesn't, it went on it? and on, and it said things like synchronicity for no reason. Like, I know. What, uh, so uh, things like that, I just, I just I find don't... that frustrating. Yeah, I do. And I just, my, my bullshitometer just goes yeah, into overdrive at that point. It feels like a whole load of nothing. And also the mm. idea that it comes, it sounds like the idea of that whole, like, you know, I'm putting it out into the universe. You know, it's like, all right, yeah. What's that going to do? Like, what about this one? This is um, the power of intention by Wayne W. Dyer. No, um, this isn't your typical book on intention. No, Dyer has researched intention as a force in the universe that allows the act of creation to take place. This book explores intention not as something you do, but as an energy you're part of. We all intended here through the invisible... Yeah, I read that right. We are all intended here through the invisible power of intention. I want to vom. (laughs) This is so awful. He's the first in our industry to look at intention as a field of energy that you can access to begin co-creating your life with the power of intention. (laughs) If you were playing the game Drink Every Time, he says an iteration of intention, you are now plastered. Oh my god. What that is as they say word salad isn't it? Um yeah. Well, it's I... like it's it's less of a salad because there's not even enough components. It just said intention repeatedly. It's just word lettuce because yeah. it's just one just intention again and again. Yeah. I'm sorry like I know that yeah. people put work into it but also I'm not sorry because they're like getting people to buy their book. And, do you know what I mean? And like people yeah. are spending mon- their hard-earned money to like you know, yeah, they're being. It feels like a con. Do you know what I mean? It, it feels. It like... really does. <laughs> it really does. And it's just, I don't like that. <laughs> and it's no. just garbage, isn't it? It's like, it, here's the reality. I feel like I maybe don't seem sorry to the listeners if you think that I'm always like the, the happy little one of this duo, but uh, I'm about to shatter, uh, shatter your beliefs. No, it's um, it's just. Okay, in life you have to work really hard to get what you want, and sometimes you don't even get it when you work really hard. You know what I mean? Like, if nothing is guaranteed, you can't just put intentions or good vibes out there to get stuff. You have to work really hard, and you might get what you want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a there's a bit of a, a tradition for these the idea of, um, of of positive thinking, isn't there? And and how, how there's positive thinking, valued. and there's like whatever that book's blurb was. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, um, 
So there's a couple more books that I did read, actually, that I didn't include in because I gave them away. So one is The Celestine Prophecy. Yeah, I actually read The, the Celestine Prophecy. Now, this is going back a long time when I first left. Um, and it's like in the form of a very badly written story. So I'm I'm on dangerous ground here because a lot of people love this book. So I apologize mm. if you do like the book. I can't remember a lot about it, but um, it's it is in the form of a badly written story, but they're trying to get some of these key ideas through. Um, mm. So in the rainforests of Peru, an ancient manuscript was discovered. It includes nine key insights on life. Um, drawing on ancient wisdom, it shows you how to make connections among the current events in your life and lets you see what is going to happen to you in the future. This book can help you understand why you are where you are in life and align with you, align you with a new optimism for your future. Um, Self-help's a bit culty, isn't it? <laughs> well, you know, there is, a, there is a real risk of that. And in fact, I was going to mention this. So in the book we reviewed a few weeks ago, which is the Margaret, um, singer book um incidentally we never credited our our friend um and former podcast host um guest sorry um Yanya Lalic it was before we interviewed her she actually um helped write this book um but she talks about this actually so she has a uh, an um an example here of a self-improvement lifestyle cult mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so Mary Jo um, was asked by a casual acquaintance to participate in a free scientific experimental weight control project. So I won't read it all, but basically she gets dragged into this group where eventually she's encouraged to start dropping her friends because they're all, because the friends will be negative. You know, they're giving you negative vibes. So don't listen to those friends, you know, keep coming here because this is where you get the positive vibes. And, mm. and uh, this is where you'll, you know, so she, she ended up living in this group um and essentially yeah she she was in a cult and these yeah. these groups um these self-help movements some of them absolutely are very cultish let's put it that yeah because that was what always worries me about like for some i don't know why it seems more like a, i don't know maybe an american thing but there's like loads of these writing retreats and they're like go away and like write and you'll be a writer and you'll be in a cabin with other writers and you'll all and maybe it's nice and normal but part of me is always a bit like mm. feels a yeah. bit weird um because they're like going to teach you how to like create the right energy and space within mm. you to write and stuff and i'm like mm, no it, it would definitely start alarm bells going off me if i heard if that if I said to you, I'm going on a writing yeah. retreat, I'm going to go to a cabin with a bunch of randos and we're going to learn how to like, you know, open up so we can write better. Mm. I mean, there may be absolutely nothing wrong with it. It, may, it no. might be absolutely fine, but I think I would, I would have some, as I say, some alarm bells going off um, because mm. yes, there are some, uh, there are some potential risks associated with that. Bit right. So we've, some red flags definitely so we've kind of um we've rubbished it now but i think i don't want to kind of leave no, it no, there no. because there are there are some lots of also really we've good only bits done 20 advice, minutes so we've got to carry yeah. on talking <laughs> <laughs> well that's not how we do that podcast Lee. We don't, no, no, that's, that's we don't, exactly so we've, how it is, we've yeah. got an hour to fill and we've somehow <laughs> got a 
<laughs> and all I wanted to do was come on there and say it's rubbish and leave. But unfortunately, we've already done 20 minutes, so we'll have to think of what's going to carry on. Okay, so um, I want to talk about some of the good ones. So, or one yeah, of yeah. at least some that you've uh, enjoyed personally. Some that I think are important. So, a book that I haven't read, but I have read some of his work and some of the work that flowed from his work is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. So that's in the top 20 of all time self-help books. Um, Viktor Frankl was uh, a psychologist who ended up being uh, thrown into a concentration camp during the Second World War. Um, Obviously seeing and experiencing hideous um, things and he was able to really think about how he could use these terrible experiences Um, as a way to help him find meaning in his life and I think his philosophy around happiness being very much linked to finding meaning and purpose is very important it's something I talk about a lot on the humanist school visits that I do so when children say to me you know about what's humanism about well one of the things is finding happiness and one of the ways to find happiness is to find meaning in life and I think that is really important so I I like that i'm not saying that i'll agree with everything in the book um but i think you know this is a man who a has has really been through something to actually learn something that is worth living a lot of the learning a lot of these people who write these books you know they're about 25 and have never done a day's work in their life you know as far as i can see so i just feel that somebody like him has something to say um Mm. And then you've got the, the the classics, I suppose, you know, the seven habits of successful people. Have you heard of mm-hmm. that one? Yeah, I've heard of that, yeah. So that's Stephen R. Covey. And that is so ubiquitous. The ideas in that are everywhere in business. So it's kind I of how it's like to know get up that. early, exercise. <laughs> well, I, well, I do you want to know what the seven habits are? Yeah, these are all my guesses, but I've just heard okay. of it as like those were my guesses so, so get, get up, up early, early exercise and eat well okay well they're all good things but that's not what he was talking no because i feel no. like all the time whenever it's on like people being influenced by this sort of stuff they're like you need to get up early and <laughs> eat a nice breakfast go work out you know so but what exactly. are they then well that's that's a little bit too mundane for uh, for this book if i'm honest mm. uh, okay so be proactive is is number one Uh, begin with the end in mind so that's one that I kind of regularly heard in the workplace so in other words you know I identify what your goal is yeah yeah. exactly Uh, first things first which again this is I mean I kind of use a variant of this in in my courses it's like the matrix with urgent and important um, Mm. tasks on it and working out what is urgent what is important what is urgent and important and so on Um, then we've got look for win-win or think win-win. So you're looking for a win-win. Again, that's something that is in that, uh, the assertiveness stuff that we we talk about sometimes. Um, seek first to understand and then to be understood. So in other words, listen more than you talk. So really mm-hmm. try to understand what somebody else is trying to tell you. And then we've got this word synergize in there. So that that's where that word comes in. In other words, use teamwork, use other people and the their strengths within your team. And then you've got um, 
I suppose, continuous improvement, sharpen the saw growth. In other words, continually improve. And of course, I work in continuous improvement. So I think I think that is so ubiquitous in business that to have some working knowledge of those ideas is kind of useful. And uh, there's nothing particularly uh, controversial. It's there. more and vague, it's not actually. A bunch I thought it was going to be specific lists, I thought, but it's more vague, so it's applicable to more people, I guess, and more circumstances. Yeah, and I'm sure in the book it will, you know, go into a lot more detail. No, yeah, of, yeah. Uh, you know, um, so that's that's quite an important one. And then the other one that I think most people have heard of is the power of positive thinking. Mm. Um, have you heard of that? Positive one? vibes only, guys. Um, yeah, well, I've heard of it, but I don't like. I said I don't know. Like, I think I've heard people sort of taking it and like, yeah, being like positive vibes only. But I don't know how much it's just been like colloquialized and taken on and it's got a life of its own within the the lexicon rather than what it's actually about at this point yeah well, i think that's right and i think that is another one of those problems with these mm. sort of snappy titles is that you know, people then have a kind of vague notion of it and then just apply it in however way they want to but this was yeah. uh power of positive thinking by norman vincent peel um again i haven't read this book so i haven't read many of these self-help books if i'm honest Not um, I've, I've never been no i've never been a massive fan other than when i first left as i said I, I did sort of get into the idea but i think the thing that's always always kind of bothered me about this is you know why why should i listen to you you know what makes you the expert about um mm you know, how I should live my life. So I've, mm-hmm. I've kind of always been quite sceptical. Yeah. Um, and as I've got more interested in science and, uh, and so on, I want to see evidence. Mm. Yeah. For these, for these ideas. They're, um, grand, they're grand claims, aren't they? So they need grand they evidence. Indeed. I mean, positive thinking is quite an interesting one. So I had a little look in um, back through my magazines of my psychology uh, so I'm, I'm a member of the British Psychological Society and I got a magazine every month called The Psychologist, um, which generally gets either chewed up by the dog, um, we rescue it and then put it on the shelf and it never gets looked at. So that along with People Management magazine, you know, I suppose a really useful resource that I never use. So I thought, well, maybe this is the time to use it. So I had a little look through that and uh, found an article, which was quite an interesting one. Uh by um, Kate Sweeney, who is Associate um, Professor of Psychology, University of California. And she does quite an interesting article about uh, positive thinking and the ups and the downs, I suppose, really. You know, because there are Mm -hmm. some positives, obviously, uh, but there are also... Yeah, well, immediately what it brings to mind is, um, like you said, with the... What's his name? the The first guy with the first book Frankel yeah with um Frankel so what it brings to mind immediately is that um he says the people that are over positive end up struggling more isn't it because that's right that's right yeah, yeah because, very good point yeah so you know if you're being too like everything's going to be fine and exactly the way it should be yeah mm. yeah, yeah and then it yeah. doesn't you can be like devastated that's whereas right. if you're like I guess measured positivity you're like you're hoping for the best but you're like aware of the realities and you know that sort of thing um that's yeah, yeah when we did right. one called bounce back ability we that's talked right. about resilience, resilience um, yes 
yeah and yeah frankel said about you know the the people or that was it frankel was it somebody it else was. Was it frankel's was victor work. frankel yeah. yeah oh yeah that was somebody else wasn't yeah because who... she was talking about i'm sure there yeah. was a woman who was talking about uh sort of like um prisoners of war that that were like we're gonna get rescued tomorrow yeah. we're gonna get rescued yeah. next week end up being like you know suffering with the worst ptsd and yeah. you know really struggling because every time that it didn't happen they were mentally damaged by it but the That's ones right. that were like okay well we're settled in and we're here and mm-hmm. we're hoping mm-hmm. to get out at some point but we're not going to put yeah. any beliefs into when um ended up sort of having more of that bounce back ability <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah, it was those wide-eyed optimists that were the ones that suffered the most. Yeah, mm-hmm. many of them unfortunately didn't make it because they were so devastated by the fact that they didn't, you know, that their hopes and dreams weren't um, uh, didn't come to fruition. So yeah, I, I mean, I guess there's quite a lot of um, of that in there, really. And what, one of the problems, one of potential problems with, again she makes the point that she's a fan of positivity so generally it can be really useful and this is the some... psychology magazine you've got this is the psychology magazine written by a professor of psychology at california mm-hmm. um and she makes the point that uh generally you know a healthy amount of optimism is, is a good thing but it has its downsides so one of the things that in um, experiment after experiment we've been able to see is that what most healthy people do is so they might be quite positive and optimistic so let's say you you're going for an exam and you do the exam and you feel quite optimistic about the exam and that's kind of healthy but as the day approaches for when you're going to get the results what most people do is they start reducing their expectations mm-hmm. so they start expecting oh, i'm not sure it's going to be as good as i hoped you yeah. know and that's what most people do and of course, that is a protection then, because when you fight, there's nothing you can do about it. You're just going to have to wait. And so essentially, you're preparing yourself for mm-hmm. um, a result that isn't necessarily what you'd hoped for. But mm-hmm. that's that's a useful defense mechanism. The person that is, you know, remains incredibly optimistic and believes they aced it, you know, um, it's possible they will ace it, but anything less than that, and they're going to feel really pretty yeah. bummed about it so mm-hmm. that's one of the things is that it, it kind of sets you up to to be very disappointed and very hurt so i guess you need a level of positivity that helps you when you're preparing for it so you know i know i can do this i know how to do it um you, you know but you have to put the work in as well so there's another risk of overconfidence. you know i'm definitely going to waste this but i'm not going to put the work in so mm. you kind of need a certain balance of negativity so you know if i don't i'm not going to get the results i want therefore i'm going to put the work in generally positive but then as you get near the crunch point then you start to reduce your expectations and that is what most people do seems to be most healthy um Another area where she says that positivity can be a bit of a problem is in things like relationships, where maybe it means you're not particularly empathetic to other people. Mm. You know, so if you're always, oh, it'll be all right, you know, cheer up. If you're a bit okay. too Pollyanna about it. <laughs> exactly. If you're too it's... glad all the time and good, yeah. it might be someone else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> want that. 
Mm. Just shut up, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't want people telling me to cheer up and uh, everything's going to be fine. You know, I want to have a proper discussion about it or not at all. So, um, so yeah, so relationships might not, it might be more difficult for somebody to show empathy. So um, I thought it was quite an interesting article. But this is one of the problems, I think, with self-help systems or uh, mechanisms, if you like, is that it it can, a lot of these things are very situational. Yeah. And, yeah, and a book is, meant, is not situational because exactly. it's meant to apply to everybody. I think my concern with it is that, it's um, it's very. Uh, it it is it's kind of the same as, you know, having, you know, you leave the witnesses and then it's like okay, I'll go find the book with the knowledge and the truth. Yes, and it's like, exactly. you know, it's like, well, no, you don't just need to find a new worldly book. You need to work out what works for you. Um, you know. I think that's right, and that I think is one of the real dangers when you leave a high control group is you're now looking for those that book of answers again aren't you because mm-hmm. you had one before well you think uh, that that's how the world works that right. there's like the book of yeah. truth somewhere and it's just you were exactly. reading the wrong one and you yeah. discover it now you're going to look for a new one um exactly. but unfortunately no the world is full of books <laughs> and i suppose um the other thing to bear in mind is that um very rarely is it just about one book so i mean mm-hmm. the days of you know let's buy the seven habits um of highly effective people or how to make friends and influence people and then that's it you know that's kind of gone now so what you end up with is a program a program mm-hmm. of self-help so you might buy the book and then you're going to attend the webinars and then yeah maybe yeah. there's a, a convention that you can go to or a retreat or so there's all it, it starts to become you've got this marketing funnel that you're being funneled into mm-hmm. to spend more and more money. And some of these things are incredibly expensive. Um, so it does start to turn into what we talked about before, which is essentially a con um, in order to relieve you of your money. So I think there are some some concerns about that. And, and people who've just come out of high control groups are possibly more susceptible possibly because again as you say they are looking for these these answers Um, yeah and i think people post uni are more susceptible i know quite a lot of people post uni and there's people i know that other people other friends have said that they've known people because i guess it's a time when yeah you're in a transitionary period so and you're looking for somewhere to put your eggs again absolutely absolutely and i know i was i was looking for that you know when i left the JWs. I wanted to know, again, like we talk about in our uh, in our podcast. You know what what is going on, and, and how do I how do I navigate this in the best possible way? Um, mm. And so, yeah, I, I definitely wanted to find that uh, that the optimum way of thinking. So that's, I suppose, um, easy to yeah easy to slip into that i was never one for as i said i was never one for buying lots and lots of the self-help books but i did like these ideas around thinking and more useful ways of thinking Um, yeah i get like i said i don't want to just spend an hour poo-pooing it but um Mm. i think my concern for me the way that i see self-help is less books so maybe i would like certain books like i know 
uh, Lena on YouTube does read quite a lot of like what might be categorized as self-help, but it's, you know, more like non-fiction, um, like a guide to positive panic. And it's like, you know, how to, you know, things to consider around the, the climate crisis um, or like things like that. And I like, I think really specific ones, if you're looking for a particular problem and you want to like read a bunch of different sort of quote unquote self-help books to get, mm. you know, a flavor of mm. ideas as things you could do. So if you're concerned about the climate crisis, reading a bunch of different books on that sounds like a good idea because it's not just like going to one source of information as to how to make your life good. Um, so I think that's where I kind of stand on it. So yeah, maybe you're looking at, you know, you want um, to engage in ethical fashion. So you engage with a lot of self-help in, you know, places as to, you know, there might be like help groups where you can find ethical fashion brands or like, books to read on fashion the and the industry and so on like that's fine i think it's the lifestyle general big book on how to live that i take more of an issue with celine i think you have hit the nail on the nail head yeah <laughs> i think well, i think that is that is it really i think that is the best bit of advice you're gonna get um from the what's it a podcast is yeah is take take a, a wide or cast your net wide, I suppose, mm-hmm. rather than just buying, you know, one book and then becoming your guru. Yeah, just the general answer to life book. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, now, you know, this person tells me I should do this. No. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you're interested in that, then yeah, get a wide mm-hmm. range of ideas from lots of different sources. Maybe, um, maybe that's a, a better way of doing it rather than, um, just sticking to yeah to an individual. I mean, they're often called gurus, aren't they? These people, and um, you know, gurus yeah. are associated with religious movements, and um, mm-hmm. you know, that's I guess that's not necessarily what people are really looking for. No, um, no. I think the other thing to to bear in mind, actually, to remind us is what the you know we're talking about self help here, as if we we kind of know what it is, um, but really what what is it self-help so that's the opposite of what a lot of these books do a lot of these books actually tell you what to do mm-hmm. whereas self-help is about you as an individual finding answers um to your difficulties or problems or finding the best way to approach a situation uh, which actually comes from um or one of the people that is credited with being, I suppose, the um, intellectual basis of a lot of the modern movement around self-help is Carl Rogers. So Carl Rogers was a, um, a therapist and he came from the humanist school of psychology. Um, and very different from people like Freud or Jung or people like that who started psychotherapy. The idea with those therapists was that you as a patient would go and they essentially would tell you what was wrong with you. So they'd say, you know, you have this condition or you've got this, this um, mania or, or, you know, you're, you have a problem with this and the reason for it is because of your relationship with your mother or relationship with your mm. father or whatever. Um, and Rogers 
kind of kicked against that. And what he said is that really what we should be as therapists is more facilitators to help the person think through their own problems and sort of go in the direction that they wanted to go. And actually, this has been the, the basis of, of the, I suppose, part of my career, which is coaching. So the idea of coaching in business is not to tell people what to do, but to help them think through through questions. So ask questions and get them to think through the problem. Mm-hmm. So yeah, think about what they want to achieve, what their goals are, and then think about what's getting in their way and how their thinking affects that, and then helping them through that process, rather than saying, you know, here's a formula to be happy here's a formula to make money here's a formula to do xyz um so really if we're going to be clear then self-help is really about facilitating the individual themselves to find a better way through their problems as opposed to you know here's a system that you should use Mm. yeah definitely but i think unfortunately it's uh easy sellable formula isn't it so it's just like here's what to do to to win at life and then you know books do it and i think the way that i see it a lot is through youtube and you know i make jokes but you know it's very much like a top five tips on how to do this or like five ways to be the best manager or like you know yeah i know Um, i hate five reasons or ten reasons i just yeah hate it whenever i see that i will not look at that Mm, it's just I'm like grumpy old man. yeah i know most people do those so that's why it exists and um you know it'd be like yeah uh the five things i do in the morning to be productive and you know and yeah. what i don't like as well so here's another thing it's apparently just us moaning um what i also don't like <laughs> is the idea that it's like the optimization of the human existence yes so yeah. you know it's like you know you've got to be doing yoga while mm. You know, only you know you need to you need to be vegan. You need to you know be doing a handstand and cycle everywhere. Obviously, you know mm-hmm. don't um, you know breathe too much, putting all that CO two out. And yeah, you know I'm over dramatizing, yeah. but like you know <laughs> trying to like be yeah. the optimum perfect being, and it's yeah almost I feel like opposite of what it's meant to be in terms of self help. And it puts so much pressure. It's like self pressure. Um, absolutely yeah and and that's my other concern with it is that it's yeah gone to the nth degree where it's like hustle culture um you know have you heard of that before <laughs> no i like the sound of that or i don't like the yeah sound of that no it's like this idea of hustle culture where it's like yeah. you go on about you know you're in colleagues that will be like i don't take breaks and it's like you know it's like good for you <laughs> i'm gonna take this 15 minutes to go sit down um yeah. Yeah, hustle culture being, you know, that you've always got a side hustle going, and that oh, you're, yeah, yeah. you know, you're doing the most. You are the, you know, you never mm. sleep. You're a, you're a workaholic, and you also do yoga, and you also have a kid. You're the mum that does it all. You know, <laughs> yeah, this sort of thing. And I think I, I can't help but see a link between hustle culture and this self help sort of amalgamating into one thing. Especially, like I said, with the whole MLMs using mm. these books and using these you know the universe is telling you to join us you know kind of yeah, things yeah. um mm. it creates it into a whole lifestyle um so it's yeah it's like you know sell our products sell our lifestyle be part of the family you know 
Yeah, I mean, there's another book I was looking at. You know, four hours a week, that's all you need to do to earn, you know, yeah. your, the, the money you'd earn in a year, you can earn in a month. Mm-hmm, at just four mm-hmm. hours a month, you know, and that, this yeah. sort of thing. I think when you when you get claims like that, again, um, it's alarm bells ringing yeah. for me. You know? I mean, who who actually does that? It may be the one person who is actually selling you all this nonsense is the person who can do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe you, becomes... you too can sell nonsense. Yeah. And, you know. Mm. So, yes, unfortunately. And, and you're right, it is the opposite to what um, Carl Rogers was talking about mm-hmm. around self-development. Um, because for him, it was all about rather than um, allowing outside the outside world, if you like, to frame what was success mm. and what was good and what was what was right and how you should do things. It was about finding your own way. It was a person-centered approach. So it was mm-hmm. about helping the individual to find happiness through their own mm. thinking and that what what they wanted to do, what they identified as being success. I mean, success is, again one of those things that is often sold isn't it in self-help yeah. books um but for rogers success was about finding your own happiness in life and that could be you know somebody who doesn't have very much money but is able to do what they enjoy they doing in their for lives, reasons. You know? um, exactly and it, unfortunately yeah like you said it's it's been hijacked and turned into being yeah. like big business winner of life um i think it's all very performative as well um as many of these things often have become you know it's like bullet journaling have you heard of that no so it's like this idea that you like uh you kind of set up your day every day so you take 10 minutes where you like bullet journal so you like do quick bullet points as to what you're going to do and you know set your intentions and everything you're going to do and so on um and to me a if I need if there's a lot to do I do a to-do list but that'll be fine on a scrap of A4 Mm. and I just tick them off as I go if you want to call that a bullet journal so be it but I as far as I see bullet journals used now they might have been a good self-help tool at the beginning but they're hijacked into a aesthetic you know instagrammable um part another part of hustle culture it's like look at my list of pot of productive things that i'm going to do you know and i'm like shimming my shoulders so the audience knows um (laughs) you know and it's on like a white table with you know a a a, a freshly a freshly squeezed green juice and you know a candle's lit and there's you know like all their vitamins out you know what i mean it's like it's this culture and i don't i don't like it and it's these things that might be good but they've been hijacked so maybe i'm missing out on all of these like things and i could be an amazing productive like member of society and be full of joy and i'll have all the money in the world but it's just the way that it's being presented just makes me kind of feel a bit vomit being full of joy sounds so much like hard work (laughs) yeah i know what a line but it's true like in order to be like I'm like, are you full of joy or have you just convinced yourself? Because you've so, you've sunk cost fallacy. You're so in it. You've got to be Mm. joyful. Otherwise you'd be miserable. Like if you realize it doesn't bring you joy or no. Exactly. I mean, you know, I I think we're, we're sensitive to not calling everything a cult. We've said this last time in in the last podcast, but 
Um, I, I think um, there are some kind of mechanisms or there are some processes that are very similar. And I guess in mm-hmm. some extreme cases, they, they do become yeah. cult-like. But even in se- oh, yeah. even yourself, if you are convincing yourself that you're wide-eyed and happy um, when actually inside you're anxious because, you know, you've got the next thing to, to cross off your bullet journal mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. yeah you didn't quite have the right shade of green drink um mm-hmm. that that was you know required you ran out of celery this week <laughs> and it's all terrible you know um and I, I think yeah i think there's a there's a real danger there that that yeah it starts to become um a system of control you know you must do this and you must do that and this is the this is the ritual you go through. Mm-hmm. And these are the mm-hmm. things that high control groups do. You know, you must do this first thing in the morning. You must get up early and do this. Then you must do that. And then you must do that. Um, meditation is another one that has been hijacked, mm-hmm. I think, by a lot of these um, self-help movements. So that, um, you know, those the idea of meditation now becomes something you've got to do and if you don't do it it's a what's task wrong with you yeah, yeah yeah and you know you must be crazy if you don't want to do meditation well every now and then i'll let you in on a secret i do do yoga every now and then and it's relaxing yeah. and i quite enjoy it but i do it when i want to i don't yeah. force it into my life and i'm like in order to be happy i have to do yoga do you know what i mean like sometimes i Absolutely. do a bit and yeah, that's well, I, fine I, I used to do the Wii, the Wii yoga, which is great. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you enjoy the Wii yoga. I find it a the bit frustrating. Sun salutation and the uh, deep breathing. What? You... <laughs> deep breathing. Yeah, that's the first one you do, isn't it? And then, mm. um, yeah, the, art, the chair, that's a hard one. That's a tough mm. one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, the, these, the point is, I guess, what we're trying to say is that in themselves, a lot of these things are not bad things but it's the um it's the adoption of them to the to the sense that you've got to do them in order to follow some rigid routine that was going to make you happy and then at the end of it you know if you're not happy or if you're not thin or if you're not successful um no one is ever going to say to this person well it was your fault you know the answer is going to be well obviously you didn't follow it Mm-hmm. so it's your fault you know you didn't follow it like i said yeah. um so there is kind of no comeback on these claims that you will be thin you will be successful mm-hmm. you will be happy um and of course the or the um responsibility is on ourselves um to find happiness for ourselves and so on but it's when mm-hmm. these claims are made then uh, as i say it's um there is no kind of comeback on on that i would suggest yeah yeah. which is um, I think you know part of the problem anybody can do a self-help sort of video or something I suppose mm-hmm. you know we've um, we have a little video a couple of videos about assertiveness so it could be said that those are self-help videos mm-hmm. about how to be more assertive um, and how assertiveness can make you um, or can help you get more of what you want more of the time but I'm always very careful to not to oversell these things. So these yeah, it just it's just very specific, isn't it? Exactly, it's, and it's they're gonna just, yeah. they're gonna be useful, you know. And but they're not gonna get you what you want all the time. Um, it's just a useful way magic. to approach yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I wish, I know it doesn't really fit on a book very well. You know, here's some useful things to do. They're not going to get you what you want all of the time. Um, you know, mm. buy it now for three ninety nine. You know, it's not, <laughs> it's not going to sell millions of copies. So that is unfortunately mm. the nature of marketing. But um, I think it would be better if we could have those more realistic uh, book titles. You know, I know, but here we are. <laughs> okay, so our last thing we're going to do before we go, our new favorite feature, everybody's favorite tweet of the week. <laughs> of the week tweet 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 of the week so uh what is our tweet of the week over the last week i've been putting a few little uh biases up there on twitter so i've been talking about various different sorts of biases that human beings have um so we talked about um the halo effect which is how people tend to i suppose trust other people who are attractive and seem quite nice we tend to trust those people more mm. than people who are not attractive and, and seem quite so nice so Aww. it's one of the things called the halo effect um so we we tend to, just because they are attractive or just because they're they're good in one area or nice in one area, we tend to think, oh, that must mean they're mm. they're good at everything or nice in mm-hmm. every area. So that's basically what it is. So that was one of them. Another one was loss aversion. Loss aversion is a bias that tends to mean we fear losing something we already have more than missing out on something of equivalent value that we could have had. Yeah, they've done tests with the the £20 note before. That's right. It's one of the ones that um, uh, in Thinking Fast, Thinking Slow or Thinking Fast and Slow uh, by Daniel Kahneman. It's one of the ones in that, yes. Um, And my question was, I wonder how high control groups might leverage this. Um, So I didn't really want to say what I thought. I sort of of asked a question. Um, Wesley David... um, but I wonder how much thought stroke intention really goes into this sometimes at the highest levels. But in groups like JWs and Scientology, among others, uh, clearly shunning or disfellowshipping has a profound incentive to keep people stagnant versus an incentive to be excited for a new life. Um, So the point he's making there, I think is a really good one. You know, do, do they sit and think it through mm. and think, right, let's have disfellowshipping or let's have shunning um, because that means that people are, you know, more likely to stay because they have this loss aversion bias. Mm. Um, and my reply to that was, um, I doubt that they have the open-mindedness or education to thoughtfully design much of this. I don't really see them sitting down going, whoa, twizzling their moustache, moustache. <laughs> um, mm. thinking, you know, how are we going to do this? I know, let's use loss aversion. Mm. Um, so I've said, I think it's a kind of folk psychological understanding. So folk psychology is the psychology that everybody's got that we learn, you know, you know, we mm-hmm. sort of learn that people prefer this or prefer that and so on. So I think they've got a good grasp of that. And then Pablo Partigiano, 
says, just like narcissistic abusers aren't necessarily experts on psychological manipulation, they just sort of land on it. Mm. I think specifically JWs found these techniques by trial and error. Uh, The intention doesn't matter, though, if the result is the same. And I think Mm -hmm. that's spot on. I think Pablo is absolutely right about that. Um, And it's almost like an evolutionary process or a or a selective process you know the cults the groups that deploy the things that that keep people in more are going to survive the cults and the groups that don't are less likely to survive therefore we're left with the ones that deploy these sorts of um, Mm -hmm. tactics so i thought that was quite an interesting little interchange so Mm. uh, wesley david and pablo partigiano uh, very interesting thank you very much for your interaction of the week tweet 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 of the week okay so um yeah so i suppose that's it just one last thing before we go of course we've got a brand new uh, patreon page now where you can um join the patreon yeah. family you can help um, grow our community. Indeed, it's not going to make you rich. It's not going to make you th- make you thin. It's not going to make you successful. Um, but it, it might, might make bring us you... exist more. It might make us. <laughs> no, it won't. Um, no, it, but it might. It will it help will make us... us rich or successful. No. It will, no. But it will make us happy. And wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> It'll make us happy and. Ultimately, you know, we spend a lot of time on this. I, I pretty much spend my whole time on this now. Um, so mm-hmm. just having some way of, of um, recouping some of the costs would be brilliant. Um, so anyway, it's up there. We won't go on about it too much. Um, for us, it's about listeners, really. But uh, it would be great if you would like check to it out. Us. Yeah, awesome. Exactly. There's, there's various different tiers. Start from a pound. So um, it's quite easy to, uh, to get involved. So, yeah, just... Um, We'll leave that with you, brothers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> right, well, thanks, guys. Bye. Okay, thank you very much. Bye. Bye. What Should I Think About is an Evil Sheep production. <laughs> <laughs>